Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from Los Angeles Rams quarterback camp tryouts, it's the 4th and Inches show with Jenna and the Sherpa. <laughs> Jenna, how did your um, your workout go to, to be the starting Rams quarterback for this weekend? It was great. My visibility, since I'm so short, is a bit of an issue, though. I throw a nice spiral. <laughs> oh, I couldn't see over the offensive <laughs> linemen, so that was a bit of a problem in throwing the ball. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it, it went well. But um, I don't think I'll be getting any callbacks. That's okay. There's always next year. <laughs> there is. And speaking of next year, which we weren't, but next week, or let's go back to last week. Um, first week of the season, lots to talk about, lots of surprises, injuries, waiver wire recommendations, all sorts of good stuff to cover on the show, but of course I can't uh, start the show without needling you a little bit about the the Cowboys being vanquished. It was a real tough day. The, <laughs> it's just, the Cardinals the are bad right now. The Cowboys don't know what they're doing. Like I, I'm I'm watching hockey right now because it's the only thing I can take solace in. That's all I have. Oh. <laughs> well, at least the team you root for there uh, won the Stanley Cup last year, so that's a good thing. But um, Yeah, so it's so, okay. So where do, we, where do we go from here? What's um, caught your eye week one, and uh, what else do you want to tell the good listeners before we, we kick things off here? Well, before we get rolling, just a reminder to everybody that you can find us all over social media. Um, obviously, if you're listening live, you can always tweet us at JKIM16 or Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page, and we'll be with you for the next 60 minutes breaking down everything from week one and previewing week two. We've got everything from your starts and sits to your daily fantasy picks uh, and, of course, injuries, which we'll get to, <clears throat> as well as predictions. Uh, but as far as surprises from last week or things that maybe were unexpected, um, didn't really ex- – I mean, I think some of the things like the sheer fact that the Lions won or the Vikings couldn't score an offensive touchdown – I mean, I, I like Tennessee, but I didn't expect them to bottle up Adrian Peterson like that. Uh, I was pretty bummed out to see Keenan Allen go down with another huge injury. Uh, it seems yeah, like he's just snake bit. I mean, if it's not a broken arm or a lacerated kidney, now he blows his knee out on on a a totally innocuous play, no contact. It's just that was that was sad to see. I mean, I know you like him, I do too. It's just oh, you just wish he could catch a break. Yeah, um, never, never mind about our fantasy teams for a minute. But just hope he's okay and comes back, you know, fully healed next year because he's obviously a pretty special talent. He just needs to be able to stay on the field. I don't know a, if we need to get him some more calcium or like a bone density scan or something. Something's got to give. He's got to stay on the field. Um, yeah. The the Patriots too, without Rob Gronkowski, without Tom Brady, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo came out and and really, really put together a nice offensive effort. I was pretty impressed by that. A little disappointed in the Cardinals, obviously, and the Cowboys as well, but that was more expected, if you will. Yeah. yeah <laughs> what yeah, about you? What, what stood out to you this week? Um, I was a little bit surprised that Kansas City had as rough a time with San Diego as they yeah. did. Um, the Oakland-New Orleans game was the barn burner than expected to, to be. I was a little surprised Cleveland didn't give a stronger showing at Philadelphia. A little surprised by uh, Tampa's um, beating Atlanta 
I'm surprised mm-hmm. Seattle didn't have an easy time with Miami. Surprised Detroit was able to muster together much offense. So, yeah, there are lots of things that surprised me. But of course, now that we have all the data from one week, I'm sure we'll both be 16 and 0 this week in our predictions, even if they disagree with each other. I mean, the fact that I picked the Cowboys this week, and spoiler alert, we'll get to that, means I'm probably not going to be 16 and 0. But it's a wishful pick. <laughs> Okay, should we just uh, give a quick rundown <laughs> of our um, picks for the week before we get into the individual position analysis and, yep. and recommendations? All right, Let's first up, we've got the colorblind bowl on Thursday night Ugh. for the Jets at Buffalo. You may remember that last year when they played in November at the Meadowlands, the Jets were in all dark green and the Bills were in all, I think, uh, dark orange or whatever that color was might have even been red and I don't think it's even were... on the color spectrum that color they made it up just for yeah. those uniforms it's not real yeah but whatever whatever that color was apparently a lot of viewers who had trouble with the uh, is the dress blue or is the dress gold thing also had trouble with, uh, with distinguishing between the two teams uniforms I and mean, I guess the helmets are both white too which doesn't help they, they say they're going to address that this week, but uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to matter much in terms of uh, enjoyment or lack thereof of the game. And both the defenses are probably a little bit ahead of the offenses at this point in the season. Hopefully the Buffalo players won't miss their rides to the game since it's a home game this week, but I think the Jets will take this one one in a close one, I'll say by a field goal. Hopefully Nick will be a folk hero this week. I'll say Jets 24, Bills 21. Okay, uh, we see the game going a little differently. I'm right off the bat disagreeing with you. Uh, I'm taking Buffalo 21-17 over the Jets. I know this is kind of an unpopular pick, but weird stuff happens on Thursday nights, and the NFL's given me just one more reason to hate Thursday night games, and that's these stupid color rush uniforms. I get a migraine just watching these games. I don't enjoy it. Uh, but I think Buffalo is – I think they'll be able to pull this out, surprise some people, and just – I think – that I'm expecting a little bit more out of them at home, so we'll see what happens there. All right, the next one, which is, I think, the game that will be the biggest barn burner the weekend, the Saints traveling to the Giants on Sunday. Giants disappointed me a little bit on Sunday. I mean, I'm certainly happy they beat the Cowboys, but I thought their offense Mm -hmm. would click in a little bit more. I think that's more a testament to their rust, perhaps, than it is to the Cowboys' defense, but maybe I'm not giving Dallas enough credit. But anyway, so the Saints, they looked good in obliterating the Raiders' defense for the most part until it counted. But I'm saying that uh, the Giants will figure out how to get their offense in gear this weekend. The defense will bend but not break. I'll go with the Giants by a final score of 31-27. I agree with you. I think the Giants are going to win this. Um, This is going to be one of the higher scoring games of the day, and as we go through the picks, you're going to see I'm all in on both of these offenses. I've got New York going 34-28 over New Orleans. I don't expect a lot out of either one of these defenses, but this is going to be a plethora of fantasy points for sure. Yeah, I, 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 bo- I have both of the defenses on my avoid list for this week, too. Just but we'll get start to everybody. Later. Yeah. So, next up, we've got the Kansas City at Houston. You know, Houston gets to open the season with two home games, which is nice. Kansas City opened the season at home, didn't look too impressive against San Diego. Spencer Ware looked good. The passing game, not so much. Um, 
Uh, they had to have a furious comeback at the end to 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 win the thing. But I'll I'll say that Houston manages to get just enough offense out of uh, Brock Osweiler. Thinks that um, Will Fuller is is the real deal, and teaming him with DeAndre Hopkins is going to make that offense pretty special this year. I think Osweiler will be better than people think, and I think this all adds up to a, a Houston victory by a score of 28-21. Okay, so you and I see this pretty much entirely differently. Um, I'm still not sold on Houston. Uh, I, I'm just a lot of a lot of question marks, a lot of things that I, I'm not ready to go for there. Um, and I just, I don't think that Will Fuller is going to be able to come close to what he did last week, but I've got Kansas City winning 2017. I think it's a close game. I don't think either of these teams are ready to compete at an elite level against some of the other teams in this league, but it'll be an interesting game to watch, just not a huge fantasy impact game. All right. Next up we have what should be one of the more interesting games. It's a division rivalry game pitting two good teams, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Cincinnati gets to open their season with the second uh, road game in a row. Um, this week, I don't think they're going to have quite the good fortune that they did against the Jets last week. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to beat themselves. Uh, their defense was a little bit better against the Redskins than I thought it would be. I don't know if that means the Redskins' offense isn't that good or whether maybe the Steelers' defense is just better than I thought it was. But I think Pittsburgh will do enough against Cincinnati's defense to win this. I'll go with Pittsburgh by score 28-24. Uh, I'm going Cincinnati 24-23 over Pittsburgh. I think this is going to be a very close game the whole way. It's going to be a typical uh, of this division where it's kind of a ground and pound, just really tough game. I know Pittsburgh, I I was kind of down on them going into the season. I'd like to see some consistency out of them before I I jump back on this bandwagon that they're going to be a contender. They're still missing a lot of pieces. Last week was great. They did a lot that I didn't expect them to, but I think that Cincinnati can still grind it out here. Even without their star tight end, they're still going to be a little healthier, a little more of a cohesive unit, and I think they can squeeze one out here. All right. Speaking of squeezing one out, we've got Dallas at Washington up um, next, and Washington gets to – open the season with the second consecutive home game. I think it's going to be their second consecutive loss. I think this will be a closer game than the Pittsburgh one was, but I think Dak Prescott will open up the offense a little bit more this week, and hopefully Terrence Williams will know when to get out of bounds when he needs to. But I'm still so upset Dallas, about that. <laughs> Dallas wins this by a touchdown. I'll go with a final score of Dallas 24, Washington 17. I like that you're actually more optimistic about the Cowboys' chances this week than I am. I am still picking Dallas to win, but I've got them just squeaking out of victory here, 27-24. Dan Bailey is my MVP of the Cowboys so far. I expect that trend to continue. I I think we're going to see more out of Ezekiel Elliott. We're going to see more out of Dak Prescott. They've got, you know, some live game action under their belt now, and they're going against an offense in Washington that's not quite as potent as this Giants offense apparently is. Uh, so I think that it's still not going to be, you know, the highest scoring game of the day, but this will be a fun one to watch for sure. I think in general this week's games are going to be lower scoring than last week's. Now, there's only a couple games where I would point to them, actually maybe three, and say, mm-hmm. you know, these are likely to be shootouts. I think the 
the Saints-Giants game. I think the Indy-Denver yes. game could be a shootout, depending on Denver's defense. And then also the Atlanta-Oakland game has the potential to be pretty high scoring. But other than that, I, I'm not too sure that I see any barn burners this week. But uh, we'll get back to those games as, as we get into it. But next up, we've got Miami at New England. New England, as you said, impressive home victory, road victory yeah. to open the season. Now they have their home opener against the Miami team that held Seattle in check um, defensively, but they couldn't get anything going on their own offensively. I think it'll be more of the same this week, um, but I do expect that um, New England will give up a few points to Miami, but I, I think New England wins this one by a field goal. I'd say they'll take their home opener by a score of 24-21. I've got uh, New England winning 24-21 as well. Uh, I think that that's a pretty solid uh, score there. So since we both picked it, it's probably going to be a shootout. But Miami hung in better with Seattle than I think a lot of people expected last week. They historically play New England in New England very well. Uh, They're always kind of a thorn in the side there. And I think that Miami isn't quite there yet. Uh, especially with the likelihood of Rob Gronkowski coming back this week for New England and being on the road. But I think they're going to put up a fight, and they're going to slow down this New England offense enough to keep it close. We just have to have Indomitian to stomp on uh, Gronkowski's ankle, and then all will be right with go. the world. Problem okay. solved. <laughs> exactly. All right, next up we've got Tennessee at Detroit. Uh, Tennessee, rough time with Minnesota last week. Detroit. Yeah, didn't do much on defense, but they sure got that uh, offense kicking. I think Detroit uh, will start the season 2-0. and I think they take their home opener. I'll go with the score of Detroit 27, Tennessee 21. Okay, I've got Detroit 26, Tennessee 20. Uh, we're about on the same page here. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, I was surprised, pleasantly so, by how functional Detroit looked because – Things really at the beginning of the year didn't look like they were going to be too happy there. Um, but I think that the trend's going to continue. Uh, I don't necessarily think they'll look as dominant all season long, but Tennessee has some serious holes they need to fill and figure out. But I think we'll see a, a good bit of DeMarco Murray here this week, but we'll get to that later. I'd rather see Derrick Henry, but uh, you're right. We'll probably get DeMarco Murray instead, but we'll see yeah. how that plays out. Next up, we've got Baltimore at Cleveland, Cleveland, I don't know, if Cleveland played Los Angeles, that might rival that uh, Jeff Cardinals <laughs> game from four years ago, that 3 nothing Bonanza or 7-3 or whatever that was. It had that was to be the most one. painful NFL game I've ever watched. But, uh, Nobody wants this, to relive at least that. At least Baltimore has a, a reasonable offense here. I think they'll take this one pretty easily. I'll give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt and say they're able to score 17 points, but I'll go with the final of Baltimore 28, Cleveland 17. Yeah, I've got Baltimore 30, Cleveland 20. I like to think that Josh McCown at least knows how this offense runs and works and and will be adequate. I don't think he's going to set the world on fire, but at least both his arms are intact, so that puts him above RG3. Baltimore, I think, needs to take advantage this week and make kind of a statement win uh, especially when you've got Cincinnati and Pittsburgh beating up on each other. But they've got the tools there. They looked pretty good. Uh, we're still just not sure who's going to get the bulk of the carries or the bulk of the targets here yet. So it'll be interesting to see how their offense runs this week. 
Well, if Baltimore does manage to beat Cleveland the way we think they should and Cincinnati does manage to upset Pittsburgh, you might not consider it an upset, but uh, yeah. I would, then uh, Baltimore would actually be leading the AFC North at 2-0. and But, again, a lot of football to be played before that happens or doesn't happen, so we'll check that yeah. next week and see how that worked out. So next up we've got San Francisco at Carolina. San Francisco, pretty impressive win over a pretty unimpressive Los Angeles team that apparently forgot to show up on offense for that game. I, I mean, that was a real downer of a game. Kelly's like, I had expectations. They were good, not met. Well, yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley, yeah, you'd think, well, he's the best running back on the planet, or so we've been told. And, yeah, that's just, you know, to get nothing going against a defense, I mean, granted, Navarro Bowman is good, and they have some other good players, but, you know, you, you wouldn't think that they would just you know, completely shut them down like that. But anyway, so San Francisco gets to go on the road to Carolina, which probably should have won the game at Denver, but didn't. I think they'll be more than ready to take their home opener, and I'll say uh, Carolina takes this pretty easily. I'll say Carolina 27, San Francisco 17. Um, I'm going Carolina 27-20. I just, like you said, they – probably deserve to win that game last week you know kickers will get you sometimes but I I just I think San Francisco will will look fine I just don't think that it's going to be enough especially in Carolina going to the east coast historically not a good fit for them so I just I think that Carolina is going to have the edge here okay and San Francisco with a short week too but you know we'll see how that all plays out I just don't think they're that good. I mean, Blaine Gabbard wasn't exactly. He was probably doing more with his feet than with his arm the other night. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how, how that uh, – I don't think he'll have that success against Carolina, but uh, we'll see what happens. So Tampa Bay at Arizona. Tampa Bay, a surprising win. Arizona, a surprising loss. You know, Tampa gets its uh, second game in a row on the road to start the season. Arizona, the second game at home to start the season. This time, I think – things are going to work out Arizona's way. I don't think it'll be pretty, and I don't think it's a convincing win, but I think they do pull it out. I'll go with the final score of Arizona 27, Tampa Bay 24. I've got Arizona winning 31-21 over Tampa Bay. Uh, I just, For me, Tampa Bay is just too inconsistent. I think that there's fantasy value to be had here because they're going to be playing behind the whole game. Uh, I just I don't think that they have enough going on offense yet to beat this Cardinals team. I I will see. I, I just think Jameis Winston is going to be one of the breakout stars of this year. And I agree with a hundred percent. I just don't necessarily. Don't I mean, I even and I even week. think he's a good fantasy start this week, despite what a lot of other people think, because he's going to have to throw all day. They're going to be behind most of the way and they're going to be clawing back for points and they will they'll do some damage they'll make a little bit of noise here but I just think that Arizona their offense as a whole and the strength of their defense I think they'll be able to shut them down enough to come away with a pretty healthy win I'm not convinced Arizona's going to be able to run against Tampa's front four and if they can't and have to throw a lot then I think their you know defensive ends and linebackers will be able to tee off on Carson Palmer, but we'll, we'll see. We obviously yeah. see this game a bit differently, although we agree with the outcome. But it wouldn't shock me mm-hmm. if Tampa Bay won, but I'm, I'm not picking them. 
Next, we have a game which, if this isn't at least a two-touchdown game, I'll be surprised. Seattle got at, Atlanta, at Los Angeles. You know, Seattle, I, I don't know what happened there. Miami's defense is just bigger, better than I think, or whether they just their offensive line woes are catching up to them. But I just don't see how this game is competitive. I think you know, Seattle, Thomas Rawls, supposedly ready to play a bigger role this week. And I think this is another... Yeah, two touchdown game. I'll go with uh, Seattle beating Los Angeles 27-13. Okay, uh, we're we're pretty much along the same line of thinking. I've got Seattle 30, Los Angeles 17. It's just the Rams team. I feel like has a lot of potential, but they're they're not there yet. I don't know if they're going to get there anytime soon either. I hope they do, but Seattle right now. I don't now, think they get there with even, Case Keenum as their quarterback. I don't either. That's part of the problem. But even with a, a potentially banged-up Russell Wilson, I don't think this is going to be a problem for them. Yeah, well, we'll talk about Russell Wilson when we talk about the positions. I'm not sure that he has the fantasy value, given the bum mm-hmm. ankle that he might normally, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, continuing with the, the, the late games, or as Jenna likes to call them, the afternoon, the afternoon games, for those games. of you that sleep. <laughs> sleep late or live on the West Coast. We've got Indianapolis <laughs> at Denver. It probably would have been a little more fun if, if Peyton Manning were two or three years younger and still helming the the Broncos offense, but given that that's not the case in Trevor Maybe Simeon he'll come by there, with pizza for everybody. You never know. Yeah, it could be. Maybe he'll deliver we'll it in John. the middle of uh, the snap counts and yeah, start yelling all the hog, Come on the, the field with but, pizza boxes. I can't think of anything I want to see more. Uh, I, unfortunately, I think you'll be disappointed, but I think the Denver <laughs> baseball will be happy at the end of the game. I think their offense will do just enough, um, and Denver's defense will keep Indianapolis somewhat in check, although I don't think that even um, a, a sort of a pared-down Denver offense is going to have much trouble with Indy's defense. I'll go with the final score, Denver 28, Indy 24. Uh, yep, I've got I've got Denver 24, Indy 21, so right along the same lines. Uh, I just, like you said, this would have been a lot more fun a couple of years ago with a potentially younger, healthy Peyton Manning playing in it. But I still think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be probably one of the better afternoon games to watch, late games, if you will. I actually like the, late, the later games uh, slate a little better than the earlier games, and we got another one here, Jacksonville and <laughs> San Diego, which I left off my list at the beginning, but I could see that potentially being a barn burner, too. I don't think either of these defenses are anything to write home about. And San Diego is going to be interesting to see what they do to try to replace Keenan Allen's production. I, I don't think they'll quite figure it out this week. But I think it's a coin toss this game. But I'll go with Jacksonville to win it on the road. I'll say Jacksonville 28, San Diego 27. Okay, I've got Jacksonville winning a, a little more decisively. I've got them 30-23. I think the loss of Keenan Allen is going to hurt them a little bit, um, but I think that San Diego's going to stay with them the whole way. I think that this will be an interesting game to watch. It's certainly not going to be a blowout like some of the others. Um, I'm just, like you said, the loss of Keenan Allen is pretty huge, although it's a team that's learned how to play without him for you know significant time, so maybe it won't be as big of a transition as we think it will. Well, last year, Stevie Johnson took advantage of the opportunity and had himself a nice season. Of course, he got hurt, too, before the Mm -hmm. 
season started, so yeah, he's done for the year as well as Keenan Allen. So they'll have a pretty hey, talented a uh, receiving core on the sidelines. Cool. But um, but you know who knows? Maybe this year it's Tyrell Williams or Dontrell Inman or somebody else that'll step up. But it'll be interesting. I, I or maybe you know um, maybe Philip Rivers goes back to relying more on Antonio Gates and Hunter Harvey gets mm-hmm. a chance to shine in two tight end sets. We'll see what happens, but. Yeah, yeah. I, I have confidence in Philip Rivers. He's one of those you know, underrated quarterbacks who's maybe not going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon, but is still a solid fantasy contributor. And mm-hmm. moving right along, we've got Atlanta and Oakland, which is a game that I think will feature more offense than defense. I'll say Oakland wins this by a score of 31-24. I've got it 31-27, Oakland. Uh let, I, I fully agree with you. Neither of these defenses are anything to write home about. Uh, I think that there there's a lot of fantasy value to be had here, and it's no secret that I'm very high on this Oakland team this year. I think that trend will continue this week. Okay. The Sunday night game, we've got the Packers, who you like a lot, traveling to the Vikings, yep. whom I like a lot. Unfortunately True. for the Vikings, I think their quarterback situation is just a little bit too much of a hot mess right now, no matter who starts on Sunday that I can't, you know, with good conscience pick them to win this, even with Adrian Peterson, you know, running the ball 50 times for 300 yards. I don't think that uh, that they'll be able to pull this out. I'll say Green Bay wins this by a score of 24-21. Yeah, I I think that it's just until – I think we're a few weeks away from Minnesota really knowing what they look like and them being – a true relevant contender here just because the quarterback position having that much inconsistency. And by the time you get some kind of a rhythm, they're going to put Sam Bradford out there. And all of a sudden we got to reconfigure everything else again. So Adrian Peterson's great, but right now he's going to get keyed in on like there's no tomorrow because he's the only true threat. I think green Bay wins this 24 17. I think this will be a hard hitting game. Uh, It's, you know, always a fun matchup to watch regardless of who's playing uh, at what position. But I think Green Bay just has their act a little bit more together. So that brings us to the last game of the week, and that's Mm -hmm. the Monday night game between Philadelphia and Chicago. And Philadelphia looked really good this week. Uh, Last week, Chicago did not. I think they'll flip around somewhat this week. I think Chicago pulls out their home opener. I'll go with Chicago by a score of 27-21. I've got Chicago 27-24. Yes, the Eagles did look good last week, but they were playing a, a Browns team that had some struggles that lost their quarterback during the game, things like that. It, it just it was a, a perfect storm of things that I think went their way. I don't expect that trend to continue this week on the road, on Monday night, in Chicago. I think they'll, there's more pressure. Uh, there's more film on them now. We have more than 16 plays of Carson Wentz to look at. And I think that's going to prove to be their downfall. All right. So why don't we hop into the individual position recommendations? Then any first up running backs, any injuries you want to make us aware of there? Uh, Jamal Charles, he's still battling the knee injury. He's questionable. He's been limited at practice. It looks like he's probably going to miss this week again, but something to keep an eye on. Uh, That's good news for Spencer Ware. Chris Ivory, he was hospitalized on Sunday for what they're saying is a non-football uh, related thing. It's a meta, uh, 
run-of-the-mill medical condition, if such a thing exists. Uh, He has been released from the hospital. He's still battling the calf injury as well as whatever put him in the hospital. Uh, They're saying he's questionable. I would be shocked if he plays. From what I understand, it's pretty unlikely. C.J. Spiller was cut by the Saints. He says he was blindsided by it. He was a healthy scratch week one. Uh, Apparently, they didn't like what they saw out of him. I wouldn't be surprised if he catches on somewhere else. Uh, There are certainly teams that could use some depth. Yeah. (laughs) Thomas Rawls has been named the number one back in Seattle, so even though Christian Michael looked good, uh, it looks like Rawls is going to get the bulk of the carries, so we'll see how that split works this week. Uh, But those are are probably the biggest ones that are going to affect your play this week. All right, and just in terms of some people I'd be watching on the or trying to pick up off the waiver wire uh, this week, if you had an early draft that didn't have a, a pre-week one waiver period, Spencer Ware might still be out there. He would definitely be on my list. Justin mm-hmm. Forsett is back with Baltimore and seems to be the top dog there again. Uh, Which is Holden, weird because but, he was cut two weeks ago, and then they signed him three days later, and now he's getting the bulk of the carries. It's crazy. Yeah, that, that sounds like it was probably a contract thing, although he's, supposedly he got more money out of the deal. But yeah, I don't know what so that weird. whole thing was about. But, uh, yeah, and uh, Tevin Coleman in Atlanta looks like he might be cutting into Devonta Freeman's fantasy value. And then uh, Theo Riddick in Detroit looks like he's probably the best yeah. pass-catching running back in the NFL right now. And then mm-hmm. if you want to hedge against, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Alfred Morris, whom you've touted in both the pre- uh, preseason show and the week one show, is, is out there still in a lot of leagues, too. Yeah, don't be afraid to pick him up. Don't sleep on Alfred Morris. Um, right. And then as far so, as, as who you like this week, who who are your kind of must-starts, if you will, at running back? Some guys that I think are in for big weeks, um, Matt Forte with the Jets in the Thursday night game, Mark Ingram, Lamar Miller, D'Angelo Williams, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Amir Abdullah, and Theo Reddick with the Lions, Justin mm-hmm. Forsett, uh, Jonathan Stewart, David Johnson, Thomas Rawls, C.J. Anderson, T.J. Yeldon, uh, Marvin Gordon, mm-hmm. Danny Woodhead, Latavius Murray, Eddie Lacy, and Adrian Peterson are the ones that I, I didn't name all the running backs, but uh, probably pretty darn <laughs> close. But those are the ones that I like most this week. And uh, why don't you tell us if uh, there are any that particularly jump out off that list to you or if I miss someone in your opinion, and then I'll give you my uh, guys to avoid this week. Uh, for me, Rashad Jennings stands out against the Saints. New Orleans was 31st against the run last year. They didn't look too much better last week. In a game that's probably going to be high scoring, I like him a lot. Danny Woodhead versus Jacksonville. It's not the most favorable matchup, and I'm, I, I really stress that you should be using him as a flex or in a, in a deeper league, but his ability to run and catch is going to make him much more valuable. Uh, I don't think he's going to get vultured by Melvin Gordon. I think this could be a good fit for him this week. DeMarco Murray, uh, I wasn't sure what to expect out of him, but he played 50 out of 72 snaps last week. He's got a good matchup. I think we're going to see some bigger numbers. They're going to need to lean on him right now. C.J. Anderson, I really couldn't love his matchup more right now, especially building off of what he did last week. Jeremy Langford and Ryan Matthews on the other side of the ball there. Uh, the Eagles really don't stop the run well. 
the Chicago defense is questionable at best. I think both of these guys are going to see some pretty substantial carries. Uh, I, you know, it's kind of hard to say. You're waiting till Monday night, but I think it's worth it. I think these guys are, are pretty sure things. All right. So, just getting on to the list of guys that I would go out of my way to avoid playing this week. That would be Matt Jones, Arian Foster, Isaiah Crowell, Carlos Hyde, Todd Gurley, believe it or not, Chris Ivory for the reasons you mentioned before, Ryan Matthews, right. and Darren Sproles in Philly. How, who, who is on your uh, avoid list that I might not Todd, have mentioned? Todd Gurley is at the top of my list. And while a lot of people say, you know, start your studs, don't try to get too cute, it's only week two, this is not one where you're getting too cute. Yes, he put up numbers last week, and yes, he's at the top of some statistical categories, but they're things like yards after contact. While he's making the most out of bad situations and he's really not getting any protection, uh, he he can't be doing that every week. He's just not going to survive a season, and this matchup isn't good. You're in Seattle. It's, just, it's a bad day for him. Just leave him on your bench. There are significantly better options out there. I know it's hard, but you can do it. Um, Eddie Lacy, I know a lot of people are split on whether to start or sit him. I'm firmly in the sit him category. I just don't think there was enough production last week. He's got a tougher matchup this week in a game that I don't think is going to be particularly high scoring. Uh, I just I think that I'm going to be staying away from him this week. Amir Abdullah, the Titans absolutely shut Adrian Peterson down. Amir Abdullah is not quite on that same caliber. I think that he's going to meet a similar fate. Jeremy Hill is historically not good against the Steelers, and this is going to be kind of a, a ground-and-pound game. So I would think logically I want to start him, but I just don't like the history there. And Doug Martin got a tough matchup. I just think this is going to be a game where they're going to be throwing a lot more. The run game is going to become more of an afterthought, so I'm staying away from him this week. Yeah, the only one I might disagree there with would be uh, Amir Abdullah and just for the reason that I think that Detroit is going to be able to put together more of a passing game to keep the Tennessee defense honest than Minnesota was. But we'll see how that plays out. It should be interesting. Yeah. So um, wide receiver-wise, who are the injuries besides the obvious uh, with Keenan Allen yeah, being out? Keenan Allen, obviously, tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Sammy week. Watkins still battling the foot injuries. He's questionable. He's limited at practice. He says he's going to play. He wants to play. The Bills are thinking about shutting him down for a couple of weeks, so just to let him heal so he's back to 100%. I think he's probably going to talk his way onto the field this week. He is not 100%. I think that's going to be an issue. Kendall Wright didn't play last week with the hamstring injury. He's still not practicing. He's doubtful for this week. I'd be surprised if we see him, barring some kind of miraculous recovery between now and then. Julio Jones re-aggravated the ankle injury, the ever-present ankle injury. Uh, he's not 100%, but he's going to play. I wouldn't worry too much about that. Demarius Thomas is in a similar boat. He's been limited at practice uh, with a hip injury, but he's expecting to play barring any kind of setback. But keep an eye on it just in case. Okay. And in terms of waiver wire, there are a whole bunch of guys um, just thumbs it all mentioning if um, you know, Eli Rogers looks like he might be getting you know, a little mm-hmm. bit more play as the wide receiver in Pittsburgh there. Um, Robert Woods, if Sammy Watkins isn't able to step up and to play this week or be effective, he might have a chance to step up. Mike Wallace had a nice debut for the Ravens. Um, Will Fuller, a nice debut for uh, the Texans this past week. 
Um, I don't know, hard to tell with San Diego what's going on. I guess Tyrell Williams is probably the preferred. Yeah, for my money, it's Tyrell Williams out there. And then um, Philip Dorsett in Indiana is somebody that I've got an eye on. Chris Hogan had a decent debut in New England. Somebody I wanted to ask you about, since you're a Cowboy fan, Cole Beasley, we seem to be seeing a little bit more of these games where he has six or eight catches in the past year. Is that because he's getting better? Is he somebody we should pick up off the wire wa- waiver wire? Is, he just, is that just a mirage and that's more testament to the lack of depth or lack of talent in Dallas' receiving court behind Des Bryant? Quite frankly, it's it's a little bit of all of those things, but Cole Beasley, uh, he makes less bonehead plays than Terrence Williams does historically. Uh, it's not the first or the last time we've been burned by Terrence Williams, but Cole Beasley, you have to remember, he's he is more of their third wide receiver, which means he was someone that was working with Dak Prescott more in the off season. They're going to have a little bit more of a rapport. Uh, so I tend to think he's a good pickup, especially if you're in a deeper league. But until we really see Dak throw the ball after this week, I'm going to feel more comfortable about it. Uh, and as far as waiver wire pickups, if you didn't listen to me in the preseason show, go pick up Tajay Sharp. Run, don't walk your waiver wire. Uh, Terrell Pryor is an interesting pick. Uh, I mentioned earlier I'm all about Tyrell Williams. I think he's going to be the the replacement there in San Diego. So those are my picks at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, Tyrell Pryor, that's the same logic as with Cole Beasley. I mean, he's somebody yeah. that presumably has been working more with Josh McCown lately than than with uh, than he was with RG3, although they had some yeah. nice connections early in the preseason. So that'll And I think there's be something to be said for to, that. And that's, you know, that's why when you see a, a – a backup come in, all of a sudden it's, you know, your your number three wide receiver kind of becomes more valuable just because they, they know each other better, they know where they're going to be, and, and there's something to be said for that, I think. Okay, so in terms of wide receivers that I think are in for big weeks, I'll give you my laundry list again, but uh, <laughs> um, for the Giants, I like Odell Beckham and Steve Shepard a lot. Uh, take mm-hmm. any of the Saints wide receivers, Cooks, Snead, or Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller I like a lot, Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, Julian Edelman, Marvin Jones, uh, any of the Baltimore receivers, Steve Smith, Mike Wallace, Kamar Aiken, um, Calvin Benjamin or Devin Funches with Carolina, all of the Arizona receivers, um, Fitzgerald, Brown, and Floyd, um, Baldwin and Curtis in Seattle, Marius Thomas, assuming he's healthy, and Emmanuel Sanders in Denver. T.Y. Hilton, Moncrief, and Dorsett for Indianapolis. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns for Jacksonville. Travis Benjamin in San Diego. Mohamed Sanu in Atlanta, especially if Julio Jones is still banged up. Uh, Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper in Oakland. And Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson in Green Bay. And then finally, Alshon Jeffrey and even Kevin White in Chicago. Those are the guys that I think are probably the strongest starts at wide receiver this week. Um, how about uh, you um, additions to that list or people that you think don't belong on that list? No, I don't have too much of a problem with the list. I mean, quite frankly, uh, any any of the Oakland, Arizona, New Orleans, or Giants receivers I think are probably going to be good plays, Baltimore as well at this point, just because of the, they're going to be higher scoring teams this week. Uh, Sterling Shepard and Victor Cruz, I do really like the matchup. I like what they're doing there. Uh, Willie Sneed is my favorite out of the New Orleans wide receivers. He's just, 
getting so many targets right now, and I really hope that trend continues. Jordan Matthews in Philadelphia, he was the second most targeted player in week one. Uh, I, I think he's going to be kind of a security blanket. He has some good skill. I would like to see how it fares against some better defenses. That's not, not necessarily going to be the case this week, but we'll see how it goes as the weeks go on. Uh, Michael Floyd seems to be outperforming John Brown, who normally I like better, but right now it's Michael Floyd over him. And Julian Edelman, I was surprised he and Garoppolo really connected well, um, better than I expected them to, so I feel a lot better about playing him than I did last week. I, I actually had Jordan Matthews on my avoid list this week because I don't I think Philadelphia only scores 21 points, I think, against Chicago, and I'm not sure that uh, he's going to be as productive as he was last week, but we'll see how that plays out. Um, Deshaun Jackson was on my avoid list this week. Uh, Jarvis Landry for the second week in a row. He has a pretty rough uh, start to his season going up against the Seattle secondary and then the Patriots secondary. I actually had Terrell Pryor on my avoid list for this week just because I don't like Cleveland's matchup against Baltimore. And Torrey Smith, Kenny Britt, and Kayvon Austin. I would probably stay away from both those San Diego receivers in terms of starting them this week unless I absolutely had to. Uh, Terrell Williams and Dontrell Inman. Uh, Julio Jones, if he's really banged up, um, stay away from him. And Stefan Diggs, Charles Johnson, LaFon Treadwell in Minnesota, I don't like Adam Thielen. And uh, as I said, uh, Jordan Matthews. So my list is probably a little different than yours there, but um, yep. some interesting yep. names on it. Yeah, I mean, for me, for my money, Jordan Matthews, I'd I'd rather start because even if the Eagles are scoring 21 points, quite frankly, he's the only wide receiver I trust, and especially with Zach Ertz out, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, Terrell Pryor and uh, Terrell Williams, I guess anybody named Terrell, are on my start list. So uh, for me, I'm sitting Sammy Watkins. The, the foot injury worries me. They have other options. Uh, Dante Moncrief. I like him. I don't like this matchup. I just I think there may not be enough there for him. Mike Evans, again, not sure there's going to be enough there for him because even with Jameis Winston having to throw the ball a lot this week, he's going to be covered. Uh, you may need to look elsewhere. And Will Fuller, I like him. I think you should pick him up off the waiver wire. I don't think that you should be expecting what you got last week. If you're able to use him as a flex, that's fine. Otherwise, I would keep him on your bench this week. I just don't think that his numbers are going to come close to comparing this week. Okay. Interesting list. Uh, let's move on yeah. to quarterbacks. and Injuries, obviously, RG3. Um, who else is, is going to be missing? Yeah, or, so RG3 sprained his shoulder. He's got a fractured bone. He's on IR, so he's done for at least eight weeks. Josh McCown's going to be starting in his place. Uh, obviously, that offense is going to look a little bit different now. Cam Newton's pretty banged up after some big hits last week. He's going to play. Uh, I'm sure we're going to need to hear more whining in the media before that happens, though. Russell Wilson sprained his staff. ankle. Uh, he's he, I'm sorry, that was unbiased. <laughs> but Russell Wilson is going to play this week. Uh, I don't anticipate him being 100%, but I think he's going to be a lot closer to healthy. Uh, it seems to be a pretty mild sprain. He continued to play, so I'm not too worried about it. And what are you expecting now with Tony Romo? Is he going to be out the the optimistic projection three weeks, or is he going to be out the full no. eight to ten weeks that had been talked I, about? I would be surprised if we saw him before week eight. 
Um, even the Cowboys at this point have no idea what they're doing. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. They don't seem to have a real handle on the time frame. So it's kind of a crapshoot. I think that if we saw him before week eight, it would be a mistake. I don't care where we are in the standings, who we're playing. If we bring him back too fast and he gets hurt again, I'm looking at you, clavicle injury. It just, we can't bounce back from that. Um, so I, I don't. Well, maybe they would do what you want and draft a defensive player with a high draft pick next year. Oh, God, we're signing guys off the street. Our defense is a mess. If only they would listen to me, things would be better. <laughs> Unfortunately, be they don't. I wonder if we'll see a, a woman NFL coach in our lifetime, or oh, I, I'm a, I mean, my lifetime. My remaining lifetime is probably a little shorter than yours, but uh, well, who I'm knows? The amount of cheeseburgers I eat, my, my days are probably dwindling. <laughs> Okay. Um, in terms of waiver wire recommendations, not a lot. They're pretty much the only logical person that I would not be in favor of at this point would be Josh McCown. I just don't like the matchup this week or pretty much any week yeah. for the Browns. You know, not Carson great. Wentz, Jimmy Garofalo, Dak Prescott, I think they're all better options for you off the waiver wire than uh, than, than uh, Josh McCown. So how about you yeah. go first with the quarterbacks? Who's on your uh, your list of must-starts this week? I like Russell Wilson. Even with the ankle injury, I think there's enough there for him, even if he's handing the ball off, throwing little 10-yard out routes. I don't care. I think there's enough points. Um, Eli Manning, I think, is an absolute must-start. That Saints defense basically just gives fantasy points away, and I'm more than happy to collect them. Matt Stafford starting against a not-so-great Tennessee defense. And quite frankly, I think that pass game is a little further along than any of us really thought. So I'm excited about his prospects there. Jimmy Garoppolo with Gronkowski likely going to be back. Not as tough of a defensive matchup. And being at home, I think he's poised for a big day. And Jameis Winston, I like really more as a second quarterback option. I don't necessarily want to pin my whole team's hopes on him. But if you're in a two-quarterback league, He's going, to be ha- he's going to have to throw a lot. There's just no other way they can even stay in this game. So I like him in a deeper league, or if you're looking to save some money in a daily fantasy pool, uh, I, he could be a, an interesting option. Um, guys like Drew Brees probably going to have a good game. Joe Flacco, again, these kind of no-brainer starts. Uh, but I think those are those are my my favorite picks of the week. What about you? Okay, the. Um... The Russell Wilson one, um, that one that I disagree with, but the others um, all seem fine to me. The other ones that I like that you didn't mention were Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, Mm -hmm. Carson Palmer, Andrew Luck, Blake Bortles, Philip Rivers, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, um, Aaron Rodgers, your favorite, and Jay Cutler. Those are the guys that I also like a lot this week. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good quarterback matchups this week. It's it's nice. That's not always the case. <laughs> yeah, the, I I do think the games for whatever reason seem to be a little bit more evenly. Um, the matchups there seem to be mm-hmm. you know, more even matchups this week perhaps than there were in week one. Famous but, last words. Uh, <laughs> so, in terms of players to avoid, I mean, we we disagree about Russell Wilson, but who else is on your avoid list? Um, for me, it, I mean, there's some obvious ones. Josh McCown is one of them. <laughs> I don't want to start him. Alex Smith is on my list. Um, but 
probably the two biggest names for me, Marcus Mariota. There's just not enough there offensively this week. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, I, you guys know it's not a secret. I'm not a fan of Thursday night games. I don't like playing guys in them just because they're generally lower scoring. The short week hurts people. Um, but he's playing in a Thursday night game. The offense isn't gelling yet. I just don't think there's going to be enough points there. I know there are going to be people that disagree with me on that pick, but for me, it's not worth it. All right, the names that I would add to that list, I don't think Kirk Cousins will have a big week. Um, Blaine Gabbard, I would avoid <laughs> at all costs. Hopefully you're not starting him to begin with. So whoever the quarterback is in Minnesota, I would stay away from them this week. And then finally, Carson Wentz, impressive debut at home against Cleveland. I would not start him Monday night at Chicago. Yeah, I don't have too much of a problem with that. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, move on to tight end then. Injuries. A lot of, uh, what's, a lot of tight end injuries on your radar? this week. Uh, well, Gronkowski still still questionable with that hamstring injury. He's been limited at practice, but he is practicing. It looks like he's going to be good to go, again, barring some kind of setback. Tyler Eifert's still out with that ankle injury. We're probably a couple weeks away from seeing him on the field. Zach Ertz out in Philadelphia. This is going to be a bigger deal than people think. Uh, he's got some... Pretty pretty good rib injuries going there. He's, quote, week to week. So we might not see him for a few weeks. That's going to be a loss the Eagles are really going to feel. Both of the Bills Does that tight make ends, Charles. Is a good pickup then in your mind or not? I Not for me, having watched as much Brent Selleck as I have. Um, I, I don't like it. I don't like the matchup. I don't like the chemistry there. But I can see how it would make sense. I just don't think it's worth it, at least not this week. We'll see what happens. But um, – in Buffalo, Charles Clay is battling a knee injury. Jim Dre is battling an ankle injury. They've both been limited to practice. Uh, but it looks like they're both on track to play, so you should be all right there. But I would keep an eye on that. Uh, Charles Clay may be one to avoid this week. I also saw Julius Thomas's name earlier in the week on injury list, and then he supposedly practiced fully today. So yeah, he looks like he's going to play. The expectation is that he's going to play, so... So how about uh, who, who's at the top of your list for wide receiver? I mean for tight ends this week. Um, a little bit of a homer pick, but I'm I'm really into the matchup for Jason Winton this week. He should have plenty of room in the middle of the field versus Washington. Historically, they don't uh, defend the middle of the field too well, and that's pretty much where he makes his money. So I'm all about that play this week in Denver. Virgil Green uh, versus Indianapolis. It's a pretty favorable matchup. They're not historically good against tight ends. Oakland's Clive Wolf here, Ford we talked about last week. I think that trend continues. Eric Ebron in Detroit, he was on the field for 60 out of 66 of the offensive snaps last week. Pretty well cemented as a, a critical piece in that lineup. Uh, and I think that this week he's going to get just as many looks and targets, and he's going to be worth a fantasy start, especially if he's a guy on your waiver wire, go get him for sure. Okay. Um, um, also, I Delaney Walker, like him a lot, yeah, uh, and Antonio Gates, just because I think that it's going to be a little bit of a Chinese fire drill figuring out what life is like without Keenan Allen again, and he is Philip Rivers' security blanket. I don't care if he's 100 years old. All right. I skipped over the uh, waiver wire pickups. That's okay. But um, any, anybody that um, strikes your fancy on the waiver wire this week? Uh, there are leagues where Eric Ebron is still available. I'm not really sure why, but go pick him up if he is. 
Um, Antonio Gates is also available in a lot of places, again, just because of, of his age and what he's looking like. Will Fuller's out there, guys like that. Um, but for now, it's still kind of a wait and see on tight ends just because there's so many injuries and it's, there's still teams that are trying to, to run too many two tight end sets, so you're not really sure who's getting the targets yet. But those are probably my favorite off the waiver wire. Guys I mentioned or would um, mention Jesse James in Pittsburgh, Dennis Pitta, who seems to be having a resurgence in Baltimore. Hopefully he can yeah, stay he healthy. Is. And um, Zach Miller in Chicago I think could be in for a big game this week. Uh, Jacob Tammy looks like he's on the right page with Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Kyle Rudolph, Clive Walford, who you mentioned. Jack Doyle in Indianapolis, he's somebody that I I don't know. I'm I, I think he, he had two touchdowns in the beginning in the first game of the season, but I think, you know, that could probably be his entire touchdown output for the season, but we'll see if I have to eat those mm-hmm. words. And Martellus Bennett, if for some reason he were available in New England, even with Gronkowski coming back, I could see them, you know, running a lot of two tight end sets with uh, two offensive Absolutely. weapons like those guys. At, They've been waiting at years end. to pull that so, part of the playbook back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since you know who uh, was was, who was on the team, <laughs> the the killer who shall not be named. But <laughs> anyway, so how about um, who your you've mentioned your top picks for this week? Um, some of the others that were on my list: uh, Kobe Fleener in New Orleans, I think, is in for a good week. Larry Donnell and Will Pye in New York. Um, Jesse James, I mentioned, uh, Pitt, uh, Greg Olson in Carolina, I think, would have a big game this week. Dwayne Allen, again, he got uh, sort of altered by Jack Doyle there in Indy last week, but I think uh, he's still the, the one that I would prefer to start. Um, Jacob Tammy, I mentioned, and um, Julius Thomas, if he's healthy enough, is, is somebody that I would want to start this week. Yeah, I mean, my my... Sit list is a little bit of your start list. <laughs> I okay. I don't like the matchup for Dwayne Allen this week. I really don't think he's going to have a lot of success against Denver. And Cody Fleener is pretty much the only person in that game I don't want to start. Uh, I just I don't think he's going to have enough targets there. I just don't. And Kyle Rudolph is on my sit list again. I just don't think there's going to be enough points there when there are better options. Okay, um, for me. Yeah. The guys on my sit list, you know, you mentioned Zach Ertz already. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph, I agree with. Um, the Jack Doyle, who we just spoke about, for Indy. Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, don't love that matchup this week. Jordan Reed in Washington, don't like that matchup. Gary Barnage in Cleveland, he's in for another mm-hmm. tough week. And Vance McDonald with San Francisco, don't like that matchup at Carolina. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, defenses, yeah, this week I'll, I'll just, I know we're running out of time here, so I'll be quick. Um, the picks at the top of my list would be the Jets, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Lions, the Ravens, the Panthers, the Packers, and the Bears. Those are the ones that I think stand the, the best chance of holding their opponents in check this week and the teams I would go out of my way to avoid are actually playing each other and that would be the Saints <laughs> and the Giants. For me, I like the Patriots, Eagles, Baltimore, uh, Carolina, and the Jets. 
I'm sitting the Giants, the Vikings, the Dolphins, 49ers, and the Rams. Just not about it. What about kickers? Anything stand out for you there? Uh, not not really. I mean, I just like the kickers in the high-scoring games, so that means I like Will Lutz with New Orleans. Josh Brown, mm-hmm. although I wish he were not the kicker for the Giants, he is in this yeah. You need a kicker for fantasy purposes. Yeah, he's, he's there. Uh, Chris Boswell mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh and Sebastian Janikowski in Oakland, who I haven't recommended in a long time, but that's because I haven't recommended hey. Oakland's offense in <laughs> a long time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. That it's pretty much whoever you think is going to score the most points. Uh, Dan Bailey is the top of my list. No-brainer there. Chris Boswell, like you mentioned, Justin Tucker, Chandler Contenzaro, uh, who had a tough week last week. I think he's going to bounce back. And Caleb Sturgis could have a nice week for the Eagles uh, just because they may need him to finish out their drives. Not a big fan of Cairo Santos, Jason Myers, Nick Novak, or Phil Dawson this week. All right. I had Cairo um, Santos on my list, too. Uh, Andrew Franks with Miami at New England. Patrick Murray with Cleveland. Phil Dawson with San Francisco and the Blair Walsh Project uh, were all on my kicker to avoid list. Always making him a part of the show, and I like that. Well, hopefully in one of these <laughs> weeks we'll be uh, recommending him rather than panning him, but I'll uh, take what I can get. that is the obligatory <laughs> Blair Walsh Project that I mentioned. Uh, so you want to run through... We only have a couple uh, minutes left, but uh, do you want to make any DFS uh, recommendations for us this week? Yeah, I got I got a couple for you. Uh, we'll start with DraftKings, Blake Bortles against that Charger defense. Um, look what they gave up to Alex Smith, and he's a superior quarterback. He's only at 6700 bucks. Marcus Mariota, I know I said, was on my sit list, but at 6000 he's got a great matchup. Uh, could be something there for you if you're trying to save some money. Joe Flacco's only at 6500 uh, that's a great pick. Eli Manning at 7,600 and Jameis Winston at 62. He's going to have to throw a lot. Uh, as far as running backs go, I love C.J. Anderson. He's at 6,800. It's a little pricey, but what can you do? DeMarco Murray, Jeremy Langford, a mere 4,600. T.J. Yeldon, um, Spencer Ware last week just decimated San Diego, so that matchup's good, especially with no Chris Ivory. Spencer Ware at 6,100, still going to have an integral part in that run and pass game. So on DraftKings, where you're getting those PPR points, he's even more valuable. At wide receiver, Victor Cruz, a mere $4,300 is a steal against New Orleans secondary. Doug Baldwin at 6,600. He's caught a touchdown in the last seven of his last nine games, so I'll take that. Kelvin Benjamin at 6,500. 49ers just don't have a shutdown corner, and his knee looks good, so I will go with him. Willie Sneed at 5800 Tajay Sharp at 4100 And Tyrell Williams, $3,700. Use him to fill out your lineup. It'll be worth it. At tight end, Delaney Walker, 4500 He's got a much better matchup this week. Uh, will Fuller is a mere $4,200 versus Kansas City. He got 11 targets last week. I'd love to see that happen again. Dwayne Allen at 3600 against the Broncos. Again, I don't love the matchup, but the price is right. And Antonio Gates at 4500 You can't beat that. For both DraftKings and FanDuel, go with the Ravens, Patriots, and Bears on offense. Um, FanDuel, Dan Bailey is really your best bet at kicker. But for FanDuel versus DraftKings, what we've got, I like Eli Manning, even though he's a little pricey, Cam Newton and Matt Ryan. Um, Marvin Jones and Michael Thomas are good steals there at wide receiver. Theo Riddick, Ryan Matthews, uh, Michael Crabtree, all good picks at value prices there as well. 
And I like Antonio Gates, Dennis Pitta, and Eric Ebron there. So you've got some stuff to work with. Of course, you can always find us all week long on Twitter, Facebook, all over the place. So you can ask for lineup help, get your questions answered. We're more than happy to help you there. You can find us at Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Twitter, as well as JKIM16 at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page on Facebook and at FantasyFootballSherpa.com where you've got those amazing rankings. They're still going to help you. You're going to need him all season long, especially with some of these tips he's got there, so be sure to check that out. And then, of course, we'll be back next Wednesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time as we are every week. It's that time of year, so... Sit back, set up your podcast alerts, and we will be here for you. Like I said, if you need help, come Thursday or Sunday with your lineup. Please come find us. We're happy to talk football with you. Any other thoughts, Sherpa? No, but I can't wait until you recommend Amir Abdullah for a mere $4,300. A mere (laughs) $4,300. And on that note, we will see you guys next week. Good luck, unless, of course, you're playing me, as always.